Wild Feather Podcast. I'm Brooke Dunwell, serial entrepreneur, sponge for life, and lover of people. Join me as we uncover the stories of courageous female entrepreneurs, founders, and investors pushing beyond limitless boundaries. Let's explore their creative journeys and pursuits to greatness. Hello, everyone. We are back. It has been a crazy start to 2022, but I am excited to be back into the podcast world and to chat with these amazing women. So we're back, and with further ado, here we go. Today, we have Jess Gupta joining us. She is the founder and CEO of Tavi, which stands for Takes a Village. It is a community platform for expecting and new moms that helps them navigate motherhood by providing support and connections with other moms. She found herself in a situation when she was expecting and decided that there needed to be a resource for other moms um, because she had lots of questions and she just felt alone. So she created Tavi. Let's welcome Jess Gupta. Thanks, Jessica, for joining us today. We're so excited to have you as a guest on our podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Uh, Awesome. So we're just going to dive in and I want to hear about all the exciting things that are going on um, with Tavi. But first, I want to hear how you started. How did you become a founder? Interestingly, I had very little intention of becoming a founder. Um, (laughs) Everyone said that I should, you know, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't at that time in my life, I didn't think that was what was going to happen. Right. Um, But they say the best businesses come out of something personal, right? So I was pregnant with my first daughter and I found the experience to be incredibly lonely. Um, The physical changes, the emotional changes, um, just kind of thinking of myself as a person and also as a professional and what that looked like um, was really daunting. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I'm going through all of these transitions and there's nobody to share them with. So I started doing some research to see what was out there, who was willing to connect. um, And obviously, you know, societal norm, you don't usually scream that you're pregnant until like 12 weeks, right? But this is probably closer to seven or eight weeks. And I kept thinking, I need to connect with women. I need to know that these feelings I'm having of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to my career? What's going to happen to me are real. And I was lucky enough to get connected to two women that were due within weeks of me. And they were my husband's best friends from college, their wives. Mm. And I had met them a handful of times, but never had, you know, a heart to heart conversation around life. And we started chatting and I kid you not, Brooke, it was, it was like we had found our soul sisters. We chatted about everything, you name it. It was pregnancy related. It was relationships. It was career. Um, whatever impacted us in that moment, we had each other to listen. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. And it was, you know, it just really made the experience so much more powerful. And um, we were mm-hmm. going through this transformative journey together. Yeah. Now, thought- that organically, like, did you all get together as a group or something or was it one-on-one or did you reach out to them? Well, it's interesting. We actually lived in completely different parts of the country. Um, you had one person in New York City, one person in Madison, Indiana, and myself in San Francisco. 
So different time zones, different parts of the country, different career paths. Um, but we all have this same feeling of, oh shit, like life is changing. We have to figure this out. What's going to happen? Right. You know, what, what does this entail for us? And as I started looking at what existed in the world, I found that a lot of women were starting to feel like this. A lot of women were feeling that pregnancy and postpartum were a transformative component of their life. Um, they didn't, when they were pregnant, they didn't know what to expect. And then when they were postpartum, they didn't know how to get the support they needed. Um, and, you know, as a society, we focus so much on the one, uh, on the baby, right? And the woman is mm-hmm. the vehicle for that baby. Um, simple things like every checkup you go to, they talk about the the baby's heartbeat. Um, and then when the baby's born, they make sure the woman's healthy. But then six weeks later, that's the only appointment you get as a woman. And then you're off on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to change that. I wanted there to be a support system for women through this whole journey. Um, and I wanted to, wanted it to be a social support system, one that was peer-to-peer, because um, who better understand your experience than someone else going through it? Absolutely. Um, and so Tavi came from that personal experience of loneliness. It was a way for me to create community for women as they took this journey um, head on. Yeah. I think that's fantastic and definitely needed for sure. Now, is it a website? Is it an app? Like tell people how they can get involved. Yeah. So Tavi in its essence is a community platform. Um, there's a few different components of it. Tavi looks to connect women based on where they are in their journeys and um, to other like-minded women, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it can be geographical. It can be pregnancy versus postpartum. It can be, you know, both really just depending on what you're looking for. Um, we do two different things. One is we have created kind of a community through our social media platforms and our blog that help us as a company introduce you to experts, really normalizing the experience that the experts have had, sharing the work that they do. Um, we also share out stories from women and their experience through pregnancy and postpartum, um, the funny stories around their cravings, the more serious stories around miscarriage, termination, and health issues. Um, we talk a lot about relationships and how those change over time with yourself, with your partner, if you have one, um, with your friends, with your family. And then the second component of Tavi is the app, which is a platform to connect with these women. Um, I would say that we're still figuring it out, right? We are a new-ish company, and I hate to say that we're building a tech app to solve a problem that would be so much better. We would be better equipped to solve it in person, Um, but given kind of the state of the world right now and the needs that women have in the middle of the night when they can't get dressed up to get out of the house with kids, um, when they feel low or need just someone to chat with versus talk to, um, we can really fill that gap. So there's a a few different ways to get involved. Um, but if you want to meet a community, the app is the best way to go. That's awesome. So amazing though. If you think about it, there are so many different aspects, like you just mentioned several of them. And, um, I am, I kind of wish something like that was around when I was pregnant. Now, do people drop off after a certain age period of kids or are there people lifers or how does this, like, is there a limit? Um, 
I wouldn't say there's a limit, right? I think that every every season of motherhood is different, um, as you know, whether mm-hmm. it's the first trimester or second, third, or when your baby's 16 years old, there's really every season brings with it its uh, joys and its challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that the majority of women find that they're most interested in connection kind of right when they have the baby or right before they have the baby up until a year out. Um, mm-hmm. when the, when like the most vivid changes are occurring. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, one of the groups that we started kind of bootstrapped scoops, we started in 2018 was a WhatsApp group just to see who was interested. And, you know, I had put out this Facebook ad and a landing page up and collected phone numbers. And, um, I connected these six women and four of them still talk today. Ah, I love it. Three years later. Right. Yeah. Um, And at the height of my testing, they were the most active group. They were sending up to 60 messages a day, um, six women, which I think is just just goes to show how important that camaraderie with other women is. Right. Huh. That's amazing. I was like when I, after I had my child, I was involved in a groups called MOPS, Mothers yeah. of Preschoolers. Yeah. But I, we didn't really talk about like our feelings and what all of that relationship, oh, relationships and all that stuff. I mean, I guess you have one-on-one conversations, but the point of it was just to like provide support and community for yeah. the moms. But this is, takes it a little bit further, which is great. Yeah. I think that the point of Tavi is really creating an intimate community where it's a yeah. safe space, right? I mean, there are tons of Facebook groups, right? Thousands of people in these groups that can give you information about where to apply to preschool, what daycares to look at, um, where to get the kids first haircut, but these intimate conversations around kind of more, um, I would say meta topics are harder to come by in those larger groups. Um, sure. You know, I've had women experience miscarriage in a conversation and feeling, you know, in that feeling of just a devastation is so hard. But then when they know that they have other women in the group that have said, you know what, I've gone through it. I'm Mm -hmm. here for you. That can be so incredibly reassuring. Um, and just help you recognize that you're not alone. Right. Right. Um, So much of pregnancy and postpartum feels alone. It feels like you're doing it. And the only other person that's part of it is the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's nice to know that there's other people that can share in, like I said, the joys and the challenges. Yeah. Absolutely. So now what's it like having a baby and being a founder? Now you have two now. I do. I have a four-year-old and a five-month-old. That's a lot. Yeah. And then Tavi's like my Um, (laughs) three-year-old. I would say the reality is, is, I mean, you want me to be completely genuine? Yeah. Give it to us. Give it it to us. Crazy, right? Um, I would say that my physical children um, get a lot of my attention these days, partly because I'm still nursing the youngest one. um, And my oldest one is going through the transition of preschool. But I find that my passion lies so deeply in helping other women and being there for them. And if anything, my two 
pregnancies um, with these two kiddos. Um, I actually had a pregnancy loss in between them. Um, if anything, that conversation that I can bring to the table just enriches um, the conversations I'm having with other women and gives them kind of liberty to talk about it all. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very authentic with my user base. Um, I will say that I haven't been as involved with the day-to-day -day of the user interactions. Um, but even a simple email that I sent out in May, just saying like, I'm really losing it. I need, I, I can't keep up with it all. I'm sorry. Um, and it was just surprising to see how many women responded saying, you know what, you're not alone. I feel you yeah. and I'm here for you. Um, That's fantastic. What a great yeah. feeling though, to have that supporting community, you know? Yeah. I feel like I, I, there's always these memes on Instagram that say, it says it takes a village to raise a kid. Tell me where to find that village. <laughs> right. I, like, what are directions? Where are the directions? Um, and I actually have always said it takes a village to support a mom. Right. Um, yeah. It's not just about raising a kid, but how about the physical, emotional and mental support that a mother needs? Um, as a society, we don't focus enough on that piece. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And you always see all of these memes about moms drinking wine. And I didn't understand that until I became a mom. <laughs> <laughs> No. I was like, oh, I get you it now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so what's it? How was your experience starting with a WhatsApp? I um, I know that you were just seeing what worked. So how important do you think that discovery phase was for you? I think it was so incredibly important. I don't think I would have invested time or energy into Tavi's larger product. Yeah. Um, or offering one of the offerings. Um, because if anything, the WhatsApp showed me two things. It showed me that there was this need, right? Um, mm -hmm. I am not a Facebook marketer. I don't know how to do Facebook ads, but I put like something together quickly and I put up like a Squarespace landing page. It was horrendous. Like now that I look back at those visuals, I can't believe I did any of that. Um, and Within like two weeks, I had a thousand leads, right? People were just so wow. interested in being involved in this conversation around the loneliness that women experience through pregnancy and postpartum. And mm -hmm. I can't say that I have figured it out. I cannot say right. that my solution is the right one. But I can say that the problem in this world of women feeling alone as they navigate this journey is very real. Mm -hmm. You know, I also think that sometimes you don't have the best feeling about yourself when you're pregnant or after you have the baby. And my thought keeps going back to this while you're talking is that I actually think connecting with someone via an app or online or something where you don't have to get dressed and yeah. go out. And I actually think that moms crave that more so than, oh my gosh, I have to get ready and I feel lousy and I'm tired and I need to go mm -hmm. out and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like just having that support mm -hmm. system, virtual support system, I guess, I think is more valuable than meeting in person. Yeah, no, it's actually, you hit the nail on the head. When I started doing the research, if you look at the spectrum of options, on one hand, you had the Facebook groups, right? 
Mm -hmm. um, very large, a little bit unwieldy, a little bit too much mom shaming for my liking. Yeah. Um, And then on the other hand, you had these in-person, and this is pre-pandemic, obviously, you had these Mm -hmm. in-person mommy and me classes. The problem with that is when I attended those, I was a hot mess getting my first child out of the house, right? Right. You're breastfeeding or feeding the baby every two hours. Somewhere in between that, you have to change your own clothes, change the baby's diaper, get in the stroller or car and get going. And by the time you get there, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to turn around and do it all over again. Um, You're exhausted. You're exhausted. (laughs) And it's intimidating to be with other people at that time because you feel like, wow, they're doing it better than I am. They seem so put together. Why am I not there? Um, So I really wanted Tavi to kind of be in the middle where Tavi was that intimate space that you would get from an in-person class, but it also included the opportunity to break down at home, be, you know, boobs out while you're feeding and texting a mom or a group of mothers just saying like, I need help. This child is not watching or I'm just drowning. How did you handle it? Um, Or this is such a win. My child slept X many hours, right? I mean, there's so much that can be said and so much support that can be given, even just with words on a text messaging. Yep. I agree. I think that's fantastic. So not only are you a mom and a founder, or I should say beyond a mom, you have babies, like a baby and a little one and you're a founder, but you're also a solo founder. So I've had many conversations with solo founders and it comes up without me having to bring it up. They bring it up a lot about how hard it is to be a solo founder and you don't have that someone to bounce ideas off of, to like run through things, to work together. What are your thoughts? Because I feel like that's a double whammy for you. Not that it's a bad thing because Mm -hmm. I think solo founders also have an advantage where they can run with their idea and get their stuff and they don't have to, they don't have this other person, but, um, I think there are advantages to both, but how do you handle that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? First of all? Yeah. So um, when I started Tavi at the beginning, I thought being a solo founder was incredibly hard, um, especially a first time founder, right? If I had done this before, I might have a little bit more sense of what to do, but I hadn't. Um, so I found the first year to be complicated. I, um, actually ended up hiring an executive coach who, by the way, life changing for me. And she helped guide me through some of my own struggles to build the company and see from point A to point B. Um, I got lucky in between. Um, so I've had the opportunity of both being a solo founder and a partner, um, probably two years in, or a year and a half into Tavi's, uh, lifespan, I met a woman um, who was running a online magazine called The Woman Born. And she was very interested in, you know, highlighting the woman behind the mom, similar to my goal of doing the same for Tavi. And we joined forces and we brought Woman Born into Tavi's fold. And so a lot of what you see on our blog um, historically came from her experience talking with women Um, and she was, you know, with the company for a year, a year and a half. And it was really helpful. I mean, having her be part of actually a little bit longer than a year and a half. Um, it was great to bounce ideas off of her work together. She was a mother. She got it. Um, just have somebody else in the arena with you. 
right? Yeah. Um, we did pitches together. We we kind of like commiserated together. We celebrated together. That was very special. Um, uh, she has since then left Tavi, and you know, not for any any uh, any bad reason, but just uh, needed a shift for personal reasons. And mm-hmm. I will say that now I'm back to being a solo founder. Yeah, and that is that is also a change. Um, I miss the interactions I would have with her. She was wonderful. It was really wa- great to be able to, like I said, thought partner. Um, mm-hmm. And I find myself now having to build that village again. So similarly, mm-hmm. like a mom, we build our village with, you know, if you don't live close by family, you build it with friends around, you build right. it with other kids in the community, um, hired help, whatever it is that you can do to build that village. I have found myself building my village again, but for Tavi this time. And so I found a wonderful mom that lives in Washington who has been running our communities. Um, She is empathetic. She is a mother of two herself. So completely understands kind of the the journey that a woman goes through. Um, And then I have had, I have found somebody to help with creating the social communities that we're building. Um, So these are all, you know, I wouldn't say that I've created a task, you know, a, a force of people, but, uh, you know, everyone doing a little bit here and there has yeah. helped build yeah. um, stamina and energy, but yeah, it is incredibly lonely working alone. Um, yeah. it kind of is akin to being pregnant alone. Right. Um, right. There should be these micro communities for all sorts of life experiences. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Well, that's good though. It sounds like you're planting seeds in multiple areas. Um, that's one thing I've learned that we put these time limits or we put this pressure. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but we feel like we have to rush to get something conquered within mm-hmm. our startup, right? Like we're on a race against time. And I, I don't know where that comes from because reality is, is that this is your timeline. It's whoever's timeline. Like it will yeah. work itself out and it will happen when it's supposed to happen at ease. And I think as a mom, I think, and a founder, I think we just have to remind ourselves that I know we all want to be successful like immediately, but reality is, is it going to make a difference if it's three months down the road or today? Right. I don't know. And my coach would argue that how do we define that success? Maybe we've already been successful. Reach that success. Are you already, you already yeah. are success. You already launched right. it, right? Like, yeah, right. And I think, yeah. you know, I agree with you as moms and entrepreneurs, you want everything to be done yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm starting to appreciate the journey. Um, I'm starting yeah. to appreciate that it takes quite a bit of, um, I would say, bravery to mm-hmm. jump headfirst into a venture. It takes a lot of energy. Um, mm-hmm. And truthfully, it takes kind of putting your ego aside and saying, you know what, I am going to fail over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, and I will figure it out from there. So, you know, here I, I am I don't, right. telling you I failed many a time. Right. Well, I think that's failure's the best teacher. And it's like overcoming fear. And what's amazing about it is that it never ends. Like you conquer one fear and you may yeah. fail and you may learn and then you think you got it. And then two months later, you're up against something else and you're like back in the same boat. You're like, man, didn't I go through this? But it's great if you just have the right outlook on it, right? Like yeah, we're going in this, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And trusting yourself to do it, right? Um, right. Recognizing that 
you're not always going to have the right answer and you are going to mess up. Um, and I think that's what entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, I find we struggle with the most is trusting our instincts and ourselves yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. And that, you know, I think comes from just societal shifts um, right. and focus. Even if you just think about where VC money goes, right? It's so rare to find women-led ventures getting all of the money, right? Yeah. A very small amount of funding that goes right. to women-led ventures. Yeah. Um, and so I think as a society, we really need to change that in order for women to start feeling uh, emboldened to make these, take these risks. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I feel like there's a shift in that, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I can't say that COVID helped. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So is that something that you'll be doing? Are you going to go down the VC path or angel path? Yeah, not at this moment. Um, oh. I enjoy the creativity that I get with owning the business in its current state. Mm -hmm. um, I do think as we think about expansion, we will need external funding. Um, and we're starting to, I'm starting to think a little bit about what that looks like. Um, but at this moment, um, that creativity is really important to me. I'm holding on to it. Yeah. Um, Good for you. Like the flexibility of the work I'm doing, especially in this season of my life. Um, yeah. I need it truthfully. I think that's great. So we had talked about being vulnerable and being real before. Talk to me about that. What does that mean to you? Mm, well, I think. Have you I found yourself in a position where you had to be really vulnerable within your business? Oh, yeah. Every single newsletter I send out to my users is authentic. <laughs> I mean, I think the last one I actually titled, I had a baby in a breakdown. Um, um, I kid you not, the first two months after I had my baby, it felt like, I was in this mental spiral of how am I going to get my business? Like, how am I going to get it back to where I needed? I had all these goals. I had all these thoughts of work I was going to do. And here I am two months out needing a real maternity leave. Who would have thought, right. um, you know, I, I didn't even give myself the, the chance to take it. Um, yeah. And I think that it just goes back to, and, you know, I think my experience as a mother really lends itself to this is it's so hard as a mom to just break occasionally because you're holding everyone else up so frequently, mm -hmm. right? You are the one holding up the fort a thousand times a day, right? Yeah. For everyone in the household. And right. similarly, as an entrepreneur, it's hard to say, you know what? This isn't working. I'm really struggling. Um, and I have, I say, I truly say it as a gift. I am, what you see is what you get with me. If you mm -hmm. catch me on a bad day, I will tell you that I am having a shitty day. <laughs> I will lay it. I will lay I it love out. that. Um, and I but people that, can relate because people that don't have shitty days are flat out lying to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no one's living in this utopian world, right? We're all struggling right. with some of our own demons and our own transitions. And I think for me, being vulnerable is actually the biggest strength I can provide to my community. It's saying, hey, you're not in this alone. I'm right there with you in the trenches. And yeah. I feel you and I hear you. And as a mother, I'm also struggling. I'm not able to put you in groups right now because I can barely get one hour of sleep connected throughout the night, right? And mm -hmm. I think that that also just goes to show that businesses aren't machines. They are run, they are led by humans, most mm -hmm. of them. Um, right, right. There is some grace that needs to be given there. Yeah, that's great. 
So if you were to give anyone, well, let me back up. What are some of the obstacles that you have faced? Like a big obstacle that you faced that like another founder could relate to and how did you overcome it? Um, I think a big obstacle for me is I don't have a tech background. I don't come mm. from the tech world. I live in Silicon Valley and have the biggest imposter syndrome of anyone out there. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, I have no idea how to build or code. Um, I remember going to my first startup conference and speaking with a VC investor at the end saying, you know, I have this idea and what do you recommend for funding? And I was very young in my, in my, in, in, in the space, but he turned to me and he was probably five years younger than I am. And he said to me, oh, just have one of your friends code the app for you. And I looked at him and I said, I don't have friends that code one. And two, it, I can't just snap my fingers and make it happen. That's not how it works. And I thought to myself, how, um, what a poor kind of realization as a society, if that's how it is. It's like, oh, just have one of your friends coded for you, right? Right. Right. When the reality is, is that's not how a business is built. It's not built on a, a tech platform. It's built through a mission and a vision and a coming together of peoples. Um, and so I think for me, that was a huge really like just a wow, a pause, like, oh, shoot, like maybe I can't do this. I don't have a friend that can code. I don't have any ability to make a tech product. Um, but at the end of the day, you find people that know people and you talk. Um, and I don't even know if I needed to create the app the way I did. I could have created multiple micro groups on different platforms. And I chose the app. I spent way too much money on it. And in hindsight, I wish I hadn't. Um, but I think the reality is, is that it is very hard to be a founder without a tech background in this society right now. Right. Especially if you're if going to have like an app or some type of software scenario. Yeah. And I would just urge everyone that's listening to really think about, and I, I wish I could give myself this own med, like my own medicine three years ago. I wish that, you know, there are different ways to run companies. The tech solution is not always the only right. solution. Yeah. Well, at least to start out with, there are many more avenues you can take, but I can empathize with where you're coming from because I did the same thing. Yeah. Spent astronomical amount of money on an app that didn't necessarily need to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great, that's great advice. I think that's really great advice because I think you're right. Everybody thinks they just need to build the technology, right? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of non-technical founders really know how to navigate through the build out of what you need to do. So I think you get hosed a lot because you don't know what you're talking about, right? You just believe whatever they tell you. I know. And there's so many components to it that you, you know, having used an iPhone for years, I'd be like, oh, this app looks great. I had no idea what it took to build it, right? Yeah. Now I can say that every single component of it is so well thought out. Um, but yeah, it is, you know, it is a tough market for people wanting to build businesses that don't have the tech background. But truthfully, you know, if I had to go back and tell like Jessica three years ago, I would say ask more questions and lean into the fact that you don't have to be a unicorn Silicon Valley company. You can mm -hmm. actually be a company that's making a big difference without that technical component. And 
um, I'm starting to see different ways of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want your legacy to be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it can be, if you don't have one that, if you don't know it, that's fine. It can be personal or it can be Tavi related, whatever you, whatever comes to your heart. Yeah. Um, I think I have two, I think on a personal level, um, creating, you know, well, not creating, I would say more, um, helping my children live with an empathetic lens, mm-hmm. right. Looking at everything through the idea of empathy, um, for everyone's context and where they've come from, what they've done and who they are. Um, but I think from a Tavi perspective, it is, I would love to impact the experience that women have in this world as they become mothers, their pregnancy experience, their postpartum experience. I think highlighting that there is so much that they need support with. And as a society, we do not focus on it enough. We spend so much time focusing on what we can take away from them that we should really be focusing on how we can support them. Um, Because I really do believe that when you lift women up, you lift up the whole world. If you have Mm -hmm. happy moms, happy parents at home, it's it's going to change the outlook for all the kids out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I think if I can make that difference for just even, you know, a handful of women, I will have said that Tavi was a success. Yeah. I once had somebody tell me that the woman is the neck Hmm. of the family or the man or the children. Like she's holding everyone up. And I was like, oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah. And I think we just have to just keep reminding women of that power that we have. Right. We have this strength, this grace, this power. Um, But as a society, we need to work on, you know, emboldening them. Yeah. Giving them the tools that they need. You can't just say you have power and then give them no tools. Right. Right. So where do you see Tavi going? Like what are, um, what's a vision? Do you have a vision for, are you going to expand the platform and how can we help? I guess, are you needing more users? What do you need right now? And where do you see it going? Truthfully, you can help by connecting me to other women that have gone through this experience that want to talk about it right now. I'm back in that discovery phase of what can I add to what we've built, um, that will help so pregnant women, pregnant women, current mothers, okay, female entrepreneurs that are thinking about becoming moms or are moms, okay. um, male entrepreneurs that want to learn about the experience, ah, okay. um, you know, uh, I think that there are so many opportunities to impact this space. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know if my solution is the correct one but I am in that exploration phase and I want to talk to anybody and everybody that is interested in having that conversation. Um, yeah. Let's see what's out there. It could be that the app is not the way to go and that I need to pivot and do something else. It could be that I need to double down on the app. I'm not sure. Um, but I am in that exploration phase and I'd love to learn more from people. Is the app in the Apple store and the Google? It's is just it an Apple Android? store right now. It's Apple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not for Android just yet. That's um, all right. Yeah. Um, that was just a cost decision for the yep. moment. I get it. Uh, as you you got to start with one. <laughs> um, you got to start with one. That's okay. Um, but, you know, obviously looking to always expand. 
Yeah. And hey, sure. if you ever hear of anyone that loves the mission and vision and wants to join the team, let me know. I'm always looking. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a way that you're going to monetize this or do you monetize it now? How does that work? Um, we monetize it very little from affiliate networking. Uh, okay. But I would say that long-term vision of monetization is still being thought through. Um, yeah. Right now it is a free product for anyone that needs that support. Um, I think there's a few different avenues we can take to monetize going forward, but we're still kind of, we're still hatching that plan. Working through the models. So how would you, how would these people, how do you prefer them get in touch with you? So if we were to refer some moms or some female entrepreneurs that want to become moms or pregnant moms or whatever the case may be, how shall we connect them with you? They should just email me directly. Jessica.com. Okay. Perfect. And where can we find you? Are you on social media? Is Tavi on Facebook, IG? What are you on? Tavi's on Instagram and Facebook. It's Tavi, T-A-A-V-I underscore village. And um, you can also find, uh, you know, find me on LinkedIn, uh, connect with me. I love talking to people. So I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone. And then you have a website too. Yes. Jointavi.com. Jointavi.com. Okay. Awesome. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us about Tavi, about your journey, anything that you think would impact others that may be starting like the three year ago, Jess, uh, outside of the tech part, like anything comes to mind? Find your community. Find that group of people that you can kind of go back to and talk with and iterate with. Um, I found these two women that were in the same kind of stage of business development as I was, and we meet twice a month. And it is so helpful to just connect with two other people that get it. They also happen to be moms, so that's that's a nice plus. Um, But I would say that find your people. Um, Don't do it alone. Because that yeah. just makes it really hard. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. I so appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. And um, I'm going to reach out to some moms for you. And also, we'll, we'll include this on our social media as well. So try to reel in the moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's anything that we could help you with along the way, we'd be happy to. So... Um, regardless of what it is, if it's marketing or if it's this, if it's that, like developing developers, whatever you need, we're here for you. I love that. Thank you so much. And um, I'm always, always happy to, you know, share my journey and experience and learn from others. So yeah. And keep us posted how it goes. I'm excited to see the growth of this community. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much, Brooke. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Have a great day and uh, hope you get some sleep. (laughs) Thanks. Ways out, but we'll get there. (laughs) And good luck with the nanny. Thank you. All right. Take Take care. care. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Wild Feather. Be authentic, be limitless, and love yourself. (laughs) 